Welcome to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. Policy directors Elizabeth Gore and Elizabeth Mayer bring their broad knowledge of congressional issues from both sides of the aisle together for a discussion on the most recent effort to repeal the ACA and how it may affect tax reform and a budget resolution. Brownstein Strategic Advisor Senator Mark Begich moderates a discussion that also covers predictions for what happens after December 8th when the continuing resolution expires. Welcome to another Brownstein podcast. This one's going to be on policy and what's going on in Washington over the next several months. I'm joined uh, with two people that have been back many times, the Elizabeth Elizabeth Show. Elizabeth Mayer is my first guest policy director, is well-trusted policy and political advisor at Brownstein. Elizabeth has worked more than 10 years as legislative director to U.S. Senator John Kyle. She now focuses her efforts and expertise on advising Brownstein's clients about numerous legislative and regulatory issues and uses her expertise to advise clients on their priorities. Elizabeth Gore, Policy Director, is my second guest, serves as the chair of the Brownstein's Government Relations Department. Elizabeth previously served as Chief of Staff to Senator Byron Dorgan, as Special Assistant to the Clinton White House, and in the House Committee on Budget. Having over 20 years of experience in democratic politics and advocacy, Elizabeth provides clients with insight on legislative and regulatory outlook for a variety of public policy topics, including energy and technology issues. Again, Elizabeth and Elizabeth, welcome. Uh, Glad we've to be all, here. This is always fun when we put ourselves in the room together and you guys always have great uh, subject matter. And today we want to kind of just think about the next three, four months, what's going to happen in Washington, what's kind of the policy issues that are out there. We know we're on our uh, 500th repeal of some sort. Uh, we'll have who knows how many more. But give me your sense on is are we at the end of the repeal line? Maybe healthcare will be talked about in a different way, maybe at the end of the year or first of the year. What's the What do we think is going to happen here? Well, I think Elizabeth there's Gore? going to be another – yes, I think there's going to be another run here. Uh over the next um, several days and week uh, to repeal the um, Affordable Care Act and put the Graham-Cassidy bill in its place. But is this I, the I'm last not, repeal or I, are we going to just keep seeing it? I, I, think if, I, I think if this fails that um, the Republican Party is likely to acknowledge that it can't move forward and there's going to be, have to be a shift in the way that they approach health care. This has taken so much time and energy um, f uh, on all sides, the House, the Senate, the administration. And sometimes they just – at some point, they just have to cut their losses and move on to other topics. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was just going to add um, – I, I agree with that um, in uh, only in that, um, you know, they've come to the end of the road parliamentarily also um the this is a Re reconciliation act issue so it's 50 plus one yeah um and that authority expires the reconciliation instruction expires the end of the month mm -hmm. and so that's part of the reason they just seem to be you know i i recognize this like look of um i can't even describe it when after last week's policy launch all the republican senators came out and said they had this deal um, with Senator Graham speaking for them that they they realize that they have this deadline. This is it. If, this is it. If they don't do it by the end of the month, it it, it goes back to the sixty vote requirement. Um, and and 
and then it becomes even more difficult. Don't don't you think that the real part of the other issue here is even though they had to do this for the politics, it seemed like the Republican majorities really wanted to do tax reform. That's been kind of behind, and, and I know the presidents really wanted to do that from day one. I mean, it's kind of like get rid of this or you can't get to that. And if you can't get to that, then that's really not – I mean, that's where they wanted to go, Elizabeth Mayor. I mean, is that – I mean, it seems like that's the one where they really want to get into. Yeah. I mean, I would say in brief that um, when uh, Donald Trump was elected president, that the idea of doing tax reform um, got legs very early on. But there were a number of missteps um, and promises for the releases of uh, well, like, sort like of – two months or something com- after, right after he got in. Yeah. yeah. Comprehensive um, plans, not legislative text, but plans right. and those – plans were delayed. And so we're now kind of up against a clock again. Mm -hmm. Um, Next year becomes much more political. And so um, I think it is very instructive, um, irrespective of what happens with um, Graham Cassidy next week, that, um, and we can talk about this a little bit more, you know, on this podcast, but that Senators Corker, Senators Corker and Toomey, and, and actually Enzi, have come to an agreement on the framework of a budget resolution and that markup is going to happen um, very soon. I asked a senior um, Senate staffer if it was going to be next week and he, he couldn't say, but he said very soon. And, and so that's they critical are critical because of tax reform, right? Because they want to do it under reconciliation, at least yeah. have the instructions available, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So they can do the same 50 plus one. I mean, it's basically how the Bush tax cuts came into play was a 50 plus one. Mm-hmm. So in order for those two to agree, one's a deficit hawk, one's not so much, but them to agree, exactly, they can get to then the instructions, which then really propels this issue forward. Is that? Yeah. The, the biggest um, confining part of it is so they've agreed to this sort of revenue negative um, exercise for the 10 years and then right. it's getting really technical um, where Corker came on board was um, you know at the end of the 10 years it has to become budget neutral again and so all of a lot of these tax cuts that they're discussing like accelerated depreciation or whatever will expire at the end of the 10 years so it's not really permanent right what what's from the from democrats are out there um you know they want they they're probably happy that repeal will be hopefully done with and not have to deal with it but tax reform democrats are going to want some things what, what's kind of hot on their list, if anything, at this point? Or have they thought far enough? I know middle class tax cuts is always the line that's used. But what is – is that is that it? Is there anything else that's kind of we must have at this point? Or is it too early in the game? Well, let me back up just a little bit and take a bit of a broader um, lens here. The president came in. He has control of the House. He has control of the Senate. He had a very ab- aggressive agenda for both tax reform – infrastructure, and health care. Um, and here we are in the middle of September, and he's accomplished essentially nothing. Uh, so I think that on the health care side, they're desperate for a win, as Elizabeth Mayer mentioned. And um, the, the, the thing that's interesting to me is they apparently uh, are willing to risk imposing terrible policy really awful policy that's not good for their states in some cases and um, eliminates a lot of key popular benefits on the health care side because they, they feel like they need a win. So um, if the health care bill fails, I think that that raises the stakes yet again uh, for them 
in the in the tax reform debate. Um, so uh, I think these two issues are tied, uh, and I think that um, tax reform has always been a big priority for a lot of um, uh, folks on the Republican side of the aisle. And so I agree with you that that is a, a big priority, and um, it's going to be even more so if they're not able to get the health care bill over the, over the finish line. Um, with respect to where Democrats are on tax reform, listen, um, the president needs to figure out some way to pass something. <laughs> and you've seen him reach out to Democrats. He's um, had a number of meetings at the White House and dinners and He's trying to bring along um, some Democratic support for for tax reform. And Democrats have told him that, listen, there are some things that you're talking about that we're, we are very interested in, but this has to be something that benefits the middle class. And the president has said he's on board with that, but the, the details just aren't there. There's no real plan. There's no... Um, specificity about what what is going to be included. So I I think that Democrats do want um, middle class tax release relief. I think they are interested in in um, uh, in trying to encourage uh, investment and make sure that there are corporations that um, can build good jobs and keep manufacturing at home. A lot of these issues aren't particularly partisan, but I think that where it breaks down is um, how you get to those important goals. How do you get through it? So do you think is tax reform, let's walk through for a second. Let's say budget bill passes or gets proposed and it will pass because it only takes, you know, the simple majority at the end of the day. Well, except I would just say they have... It, the health care reform bill only takes a simple majority too, right, and no, they I'll, haven't been able to get that done. There's a lot of things that just take a simple majority but the Republicans still haven't been able to produce so far. Right. But well, I, I interrupted you. No, no, no problem. I'm just thinking about where it goes. So let's assume they get the order or their instructions for reconciliation. So they get 50 plus one. So does this happen? Is this kind of a goal they want to get done before the end of the year? Or is it carried? Does this kind of drag through first quarter, second quarter, and not really second? Because if you want to impact this, Lots of them like to go backwards in time, so it affects your tax year you're in 2017. If you go too far in 18, it's too late because IRS already sends out publications and all that. Is this yeah. something they're going to try to do before the end of the year to meet the IRS t publication deadline? Yeah. Um, I think that um, if you uh, listen to what even um, chairman of the Senate Finance Committee Orrin Hatch has been saying, um, he's saying, you know, they are going to put something out Monday night. It's going to be less prescriptive than we even thought among the big, big six. And he's actually part of that group. So right. it's a little bit perplexing. Um, right. but, um, so it's just so complicated and many Republicans have and will insist on doing individual tax reform alongside corporate reform. And it gets really hard when you try to do individual reform. Um, but, but a lot of Republicans are going to insist on that, um, which I, I would think that Democrats would be, you know, happy about. But it's a huge Herculean, um, issue and effort. And at the end of the day, will it go into next year and be bipartisan? It'll have to go into next year, I think, to be bipartisan to work out all the details. Or will some Democrats 
come on board for some smaller, just simple rate cut on individuals and corporations. Without messing with a lot of the special provisions. Without messing with a lot of the special provisions. And then you don't have to have it be budget neutral because you you aren't going through reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And then will that pass the House? That could also happen. Right. I don't know if Elizabeth Gore has a different perspective about that, but I do actually. <laughs> but but I think it's either going to be one of those two things. Elizabeth, I think there's very little chance that a tax bill gets sent to the president before the end of the year. Uh, so they'll miss the publication deadlines that are critical for uh, people to do their right. Taxes. I, listen, tax reform. Is super complicated. Even the most um, straightforward, the simplest, like the, even the most that. straightforward mm-hmm. proposal has its has its complications. Um, and I think that uh, the, the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, Kevin Brady, has said, "Listen, it's more important to do this right than to do it fast." Uh, he said, "We have to have a deadline because otherwise we don't act." But there's nothing magic about the end of the year. And I think that it's too much to think that they are going to be able to um, drive this through the process in the next three months, especially given all the other things that they've got on their plate. Um, And and I would just make one other comment. You know, the president um, thinks that a lot of these things are easy, um, but they're not easy. They're very hard. They're very complicated. And he's looking at it from a very simplified um, perspective. But even if you do a rate cut, there are lots of questions about how this intersects with um, pass-through corporations. Um, are, are you going to have um, distribution tables that show a huge um, benefit to the wealthiest Americans without benefiting uh, middle middle class uh, taxpayers as much? Um, there are political and policy questions that come up even when you want to just do a simple rate cut. So I, I think those things take time to work out, and I think it's unlikely that it's going to get done before the end of the well, year. I, I, I would just there? add – no, I, 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 I certainly understand what Elizabeth Gore is saying. I would just you know, fold in that there are ways, even though it's difficult to deal with the pass-through issue, to deal with – you know, the hundreds of thousands of Americans who file as small business owners individually. Um, there is a way to do it. Um, is it pretty? Is it easy? As Elizabeth Gore was saying, no, it is not easy. Yeah, there's nothing but, easy. <laughs> but if they wanted, if they all came together at the last minute, like I'm trying to think about the last like 05 when mm-hmm. there was a, a, a tax reform package that went through. Um it was it was not happening, not happening, not happening, and then all of a sudden, something it was, happened. Something happened, right? Um, and the only thing I believe that could happen in that regard within this calendar year would be this simple corporate rate cut and individual rate cut. So let me ask: So we got you know, hopefully no more repeal action, but maybe who knows? We got a tax reform really being worked on. Then you have December eighth. <laughs> right, the, the continuing resolution. No matter what anything, go, whatever we want to talk about, all the other legislation, this is clearly coming, and it's going to come two and a half weeks before a lot of people in the House and the Senate have families that are coming out for Christmas vacation and holidays, and 
They have yes, to, because Donald Trump agreed to an agreement with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and played right into the Democrats' hands. <laughs> right. So what? The, well, that leads me to the question: What does this mean? What is it? What is the give or the take that will occur? I mean, December eighth is going to occur. Is it just another continuation for six more months, or is there something that's going to be thrown on the table and says, "We want this or forget it, shut down the uh-huh. government"? Well, yeah. What's the hook? Well, I think for the Democrats, they feel like they've got a fair amount of leverage in December because you're going to need Democratic votes to pass whatever you – whatever bill you put forward. Isn't the assumption they have – if I can interrupt you for a second – they have the leverage if they believe they're willing to shut down the government, right? Because without that, there's no leverage. I think that – Is that a – I think Democrats – believe that they've got leverage because okay. the alternatives for the Republicans are either to work with Democrats or to shut the government down. And of those, I believe working with the Democrats is the least um, offensive to them. What's the thing the Democrats are looking for, do you think? So I, I think they're going to um, be trying to block things more than add things. Mm-hmm. They're going to insist that there's no funding for the wall on the southern border. Mm-hmm. They're going to insist that there's no riders that will- All that special um, language riders that get people exactly, nervous. Exactly. That that can either block re- uh, regulations or um, change the way that uh, authorizing legislation is implemented. They're going to insist on, on certain funding levels for certain programs, um, in my estimation. When this all gets uh, through the process, it would not surprise me if we ended up with a straight line funding, also known as continuing resolution, till the end of the fiscal year. Um, so listen, fiscal year all the way to 2018, September, th- end September of September. September 30th, yeah. I, listen, I think a lot of work has been done and those on the Appropriations Committee are optimistic that they'll be able to have a more robust bill that includes policy changes and um, is a more, uh, you know, um, thoughtful, uh, robust piece of legislation I'm just not sure that we can get there. And as you mentioned, um, they're going to be trying to get a tax bill done at this at this time, although I think that probably is going to fall short. Um, we're going to have uh, a, the immigration issue is going to be starting to, to wind down at that point. So I, I think it's unlikely that they're going to be able to come up with a big omnibus spending bill, and it's going to be more likely that you'll get a, a bill that does straight-line funding when are, they get through the process. In are December. we done with appropriation process? I mean, it seems like I, I'm just trying to remember. Not in the House, the House yeah. just passed nine. The House does. All, it seems like they always bills. get theirs, kind of move through, but it's always then in the Senate. And then what happens is almost like. We are not debating appropriation bills. We're debating CRs or shutdown. We're debating shutdown. Right. Right. Versus is this the right budget for that department to do what they need to do? An example, I was with some groups recently on firefighting. You know, now it's no longer a certain period of the year. It's now extended out. It's now in uh, southern states where no one anticipated that kind of cost. But yet there's – it's they never have enough money and they don't know what they're going to get. I mean, are we in that mode from now on or what's the yeah i mean what's the answer here i guess maybe there is no answer <laughs> i guess for me it's a bit inexplicable why the senate is not going to be able to take up the appropriations bills for example that the house has worked to pass um i think there are funding levels and other issues um that elizabeth gore made reference to 
that <clears throat> Senate Democrats, um, you know, because they have more control of the floor than right. House Democrats do, just won't agree to. Um, you so know, you could have the appropriation bad. bill up, but those items can't get agreed to, but yet you and actually then, have an appropriation process. Y- yeah, but, but I think that that Leader McConnell isn't going to waste his time when he knows that these bills aren't going to get off the Senate floor. Is, so, that, is, is that the future then? I don't know. I, I, mean, I, I mean, it's a really tough call when you think about it. I know a lot of the clients that Brownstein and we have, you know, they always, they, they ask about policy regulation, but one of the things we know they ask about is appropriation bills, right? And what, what happens or not. And, and, yeah. Do we have to rethink the way we manage that component of the business within our uh, within the firm with regards to our clients to make sure they understand there's we got to think of four or five different ways, which is basically what we've been doing for the last several years anyway. I mean, my view is there are, are always going to be bills that just can't get through the regular process. And the question now is going to become how many can you get through the regular process? And yeah. some years there's going to be none, and right. some years there's going to be five or six, and hopefully so like can, a mini bus. Yeah, right? and uh, hopefully some years we're going to be able to get you know nine, ten, eleven. Mm-hmm. But the the idea that you would be able to get all of the appropriations bills done individually or as a as a package with um, all the particular policy provisions included in them, I think those days are gone. But I don't think that the whole process is broken because I think there are pieces of the um, process that still work and will continue to still work. Yeah. And and I would just add, I I agree with, I agree with Elizabeth Gore. I would also just, you know, for the good of the order, offer up that, that offer up two things. One, the, the, the old bulls in the Senate who were, you know, the real appropriators, if you think about Ted Stevens Mm -hmm. or even Elizabeth Gore's old boss, Byron Dorgan, he was a pretty powerful appropriator. Um, you know, and, and other senators, um, who work together to find a way to get individual bills passed. Um, those days seem to have come and gone partially, I believe, because of sequestration mm-hmm. and the fact that, um, there are efforts to really lowball the top line number and then what the subcommittees get for each of their subcommittee bills. Mm-hmm. And that along with people just retiring and, and not around to have worked on the appropriations process as much leaves a huge void for, you know, really getting these bills done on an individual when basis. When you look at the Senate Appropriations Committee, I mean, the longevity is pretty thin until you get to the last, you know, the top two, three, like or four. Cochran. Right. And that's, you know, it really. Yeah. I mean, you look down, it's really a lot of new folks on both sides. And that point you just brought up, and that I think is an interesting point, the days of the Stevens in a way, you know, all that kind of working relationship doesn't, and even they would agree to disagree, but pass the bill. You know, they would, okay, we're going to get this to the floor and then we're going to both jointly work on it on the floor mm-hmm. together. It won't be just you who's ever in power. It's both to get it done. And it used to be when I came in in 09, when I got elected, I remember one of the commentary was always the appropriators like to stick together. Mm-hmm. And and within about a year and a half, my time, mm-hmm. I suddenly started to disintegrate rapidly. But that was, I remember being told that, that, look, appropriators, when they bring a bill, 
you know, even when they disagree with some things in it, they're going to stick together. They're going to vote this thing in. And, and they're going to oppose amendments uh, on their own left sides. or right. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you're a Republican, you're going to oppose amendments to the Republicans. If you're a Democrat and that within a year or so just kind of vanished away, at least if and maybe I was still I was very new and I thought, wow, that that didn't happen as much. And it seems like that's just a hard. But maybe on some you might see it pop up only because they're non-controversial bills. Versus that they necessarily always agree. They just, they're not controversial. So move them forward. So what is, and let me wrap it up with this on the policy. It seems like money is the policy for the next, uh, three months, right? Taxes, budget, CR. That's kind of, then you have this little pocket you had mentioned before we started as these kind of must do's, right? The things that expire, you know, FAA, what do you pick whatever the subject matter is, but they all expired as groups of these. Do you think those will just come? As I used to see him on Thursday evening, you know, you'd be leaving <laughs> and then suddenly you get your, your legislative director be sending you all these things that are, you know, passing and everyone's agreed to them, but no one's there. Is that, are we going to see that with some of these or what's the game plan do you think on those? Because if some of those don't pass, they do have impact. Yeah. Yeah. They have real impact to organizations and states and local governments and federal government. Well, I think that uh, when you have a number of must-pass bills, they usually pass. Yeah, kind and, of in a row. They just kind of like... yeah. And I think <clears throat> that the bigger issue is um, that there are, depending upon how things unfold this fall, there is a potential that some of these tendrils of bipartisanship that have started to emerge get scorched away by um, a potential health care bill that gets jammed through the Senate or a very partisan tax reform bill. Um, I think that if those um, bills are handled in a way that doesn't in, uh, even incorporate public hearings or um, public debate or public information about what's in them and how much they cost and what their impact is, um, that's going to make it a whole lot harder to find common ground um, and that means that these must-pass bills are going to pass, but they're likely to be um, a pretty straightforward continuation of existing policies as opposed to doing good policy, which is to reform and update and not, find ways to improve. Not a major change. Exactly. Very just kind of – we're just moving along. Right. We're just trudging to the next day. I think that's right because as soon as you try and reform and update policy, you need – cooperation across the aisle. And um, I, I think one of the dangers of uh, the way that we're looking at some of these issues unfold this fall is that the bipartisanship falls away. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you if you can make a prediction. And I'll end on this. So we have, you know, three, four months before the year is out. We got a beginning of next year. Let's assume we're January. Everyone's back from holiday break. What's the top issue for next year, do you think? What's the thing that's going to dominate? Uh, and, you know, I say this cautiously because I know every day there's new news that dominates every five minutes uh, in the politics of Washington. But if you could predict what's the item or items that will be the dominant factor as we move through next year, which is kind of a short year in a way, even though it's a long year because it's election year, right? Things stop kind of midway. But Elizabeth Gore, what would you say would be that one or two items that be hot and heavy out there? My guess is that 2018 is going to be dominated by tax reform because I don't think they're going to finish it in 2017. 
And I think the other big issue is going to be immigration. Immigration. Um, I I agree about tax reform. Um, if they don't work out some smaller deal in in this calendar year, um, I think that they will continue to try to work towards some sort of agreement on tax reform. I think um, because um, the um, the the issue related to the the DACA or the Dream Class mm-hmm. um, comes to a head within six months, um, that's within the first three months of next year, and. Um, President Trump has said that he is sort of stepping back and maintaining status for these folks for that six-month period. But if that issue isn't disposed of um, within this calendar year, um, it's it, there are potentially going to be some fireworks and some broader issues that get folded in next year on it. Oh, very good. Well, for the Elizabeth Elizabeth Show, thank you very much. Always good subject matter. And uh, as I said, the next several months will be dominated by money, money, money in Washington, which usually is the case. Maybe beginning of next year might be some policy also. So thank you both for being here this afternoon. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, Shrek podcast series. Visit www.bhfs.com for more information.